This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky stepping up, fires down the sideline, Robinson makes the catch. From the Raiders to the Bears, Khalil Mack, now officially in Chicago. Walk down, Khalil Mack! Welcome to Chicago Shuffle, a Chicago Bears podcast. Uh, this is Jason Pat from Cash Considerations, the, the Bulls podcast for Blue Wire. I'm filling in this week for Brian Prez. He is taking a brief leave of absence, or an extended leave of absence, so be filling in for a little bit here. Uh, I am joined today by uh, Zach Lee, friend of the program, fellow Bears fan, Bears sufferer. What do you want to call us? Bears fans have been suffering for a long time. I'm also joined by Ricky O'Donnell, my co-host on Cash Considerations a Chicago Bulls podcast. Tonight, we will be talking about a Monday night football Bears victory over the absolutely awful Washington Redskins. A 31-15 victory. The Bears moved to 2-1 on the season. Uh, it was kind of a weird, and the Redskins are 0-3. It was kind of a strange game. The Bears, they came out kind of slow, but they scored first on the Ha Ha Clinton Dix pick six. Uh, in the second quarter, the Bears' offense kind of took over. They scored 21 points in the second quarter. Mitch Trubisky finally, after multiple games and just a lot of tearing your hair out, a lot of just just what the hell is going on here, the, the Bears' offense finally started finding a bit of a groove. Uh, they got a nice short passing going with Mitch. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, uh, they connected on uh, two touchdowns, I believe, in the first half, or three touchdowns in the first half. They finally got a long touchdown to close out the first half to make it a 28 to nothing game. Second half started to get a little ugly. Uh, the Redskins kind of the Bears defense started to play a little soft. The Redskins got a little momentum going on offense. The Bears did ended up ended up pulling out the game. Like I said, thirty-one to fifteen. The Bears forced five turnovers. The final turnover, uh, I believe, it was like a fourth and one. The Redskins tried a QB sneak. Case Keenum almost like he was going over the line on a goal line play. Danny Trevathan, who had a really nice game, we'll talk a bit about that. Uh, knocked the ball out, and the Bears recovered for their fifth turnover of the game. So the Bears' defense finally forced a bunch of turnovers, something we saw a lot last year. Uh, so, again, 
some ups, some downs. I feel like this game was just, like I said, kind of weird because we did see some really nice things. Again, Taylor Gabriel had had six catches, 75 yards, three touchdowns. He did leave with a concussion. Uh, we saw Mitch make some nice throws. We also saw him with some really inaccurate throws. He was kind of inaccurate, inaccurate to start. He threw an awful interception when the Bears were trying to basically put the game away in the second half on a fade throw to Allen Robinson. So, like I said, some good, some bad. Zach, what are your main takeaways from this Bears victory tonight? Jason, I, honestly, I think this game, you know, it's a Monday night game, week three. The Redskins suck, like you said. I actually think this is a referendum on your ability to experience joy. So <laughs> I can't experience joy that well because I was tearing my hair out the entire second half as the Bears tried to take a team that didn't want to be on the field, let alone try to win it, and kind of coach them into a po- the possibility of something crazy happening. And I'll be honest with you, that's something they did last year too. It's not a new thing in the Nagy era to uh, go out to a good lead and then not know how to salt away victories. And you know, we chalk that up to not having the right running backs, not having the scheme all figured out, not having, not having, not having. And I'm starting to wonder if this is a feature, not a bug of the Bears. But before we get there, I think joyfully there were a lot of really good things in the first half. Mitch made, and this is the thing about Mitch, he made a number of great throws, conviction throws, which I think is a really ridiculous term, but it makes sense. Like he stands in the pocket, finds his guy, and he delivered a good ball. There were a number of them. And then there's just like four inexplicable bad throw misses and then the the you know the full diaper uh, in the in the third quarter. It's an incredible drive. Everything there is perfect. I literally have the text ready to send to you guys of like this is it. Like he you can see him growing in this moment. I just wanted to let him finish it off and then turd, turd to the goal line for Josh Norman, who should be out of football, and there we are, same as it ever was. Yeah, that INT, that, that was so bad. Like you said, like he had his that second quarter was really nice. The the, the third touchdown of Taylor, Taylor Gabriel, it was uh, challenged. It was initially ruled incomplete, but great catch by Gabriel and a great ball by, by Mitch, and just like – they, like I said, they finally got that rhythm going, and it looked like maybe they were just gonna, they were going to go and blow them out, and then that th- and then that third quarter, the beginning of the fourth quarter, that, that yeah, that fade to to Allen Robinson was just awful. I, I don't know if I really loved that call. I think that was that was like a second and three, I think, uh, and they just they really had a nice groove going, and then to throw that fade, and Mitch was just absolutely awful on that pass. Um, Ricky. What did you what do you think about Mitch's performance about the Bears in general in this game? Yeah, I guess takeaways pretty good win. I think that's the type of game where hopefully Mitch can build some confidence out of it. You look at his numbers, 25 for 31, 231 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Good numbers at the base level. I think the obvious takeaway, though, is that Trubisky has yet to prove he can really make throws down the field. Even a 10-yard throw for this guy feels like a Hail Mary. Almost all of his passes, all of his completions are traveling in the air three or four yards. I think that was a smart game plan by Nagy. Obviously, Trubisky's confidence coming into this game was a little bit shaken. I think he's certainly heard the doubts from around the city, from around the league. So to have a game where he could, you know, complete most of his passes, uh, where you can set him up to actually get some passing touchdowns. I think that's a good thing to build off going forward. Defensively, I thought Mac was absolutely unbelievable in the first half. I thought that this was the best game I've ever seen Danny Trevathan play as a bear. I thought that uh, Ha Ha Clinton Dix was terrific. He might have had more picks in this game than Adrian Amos (laughs) ever did his whole career. Amos was a good player, but, uh, you know, 
Dix, it doesn't feel like they fell too far at that position, I feel like, with the Dix in there. And I think really the key to the game in the first half, the defensive pressure was phenomenal. Whether it was mm-hmm. Trevathan, Mack, Hicks, Floyd getting pressure to the quarterback, that's when the Bears are really special. In the second half, they clearly just had a, were playing like a prevent defense, basically. Yeah. They weren't trying to pressure the quarterback with extra pass rushers. That's when Washington was able to get back in the game. Number one takeaway, I think, is that the Bears' defense is really good, perhaps at a Super Bowl level. I think the offense still has a lot of work to do, and really, offensively, if they're going to be able to beat good teams, and they'll get a test next week against the Vikings, uh, they're just going to have to hit game-breaking plays. And Trubisky missed a couple of them in this game, Uh even though, you know, he made one of the better throws of his career, I think, on that third touchdown pass to Gabriel. Still missed some open receivers. Uh, whether it's getting the ball to Cohen or to Patterson, they got some game-breaking type of talents on this team, Allen Robinson, too. They're just going to have to get lucky, make a few plays on offense, and then defensively, if they can be truly elite as they were last year. Uh, I still think this team is pretty good. I mean, they're they're likely over a 500 team i think is that uh, they are though like over 500 is is hooray I, I i you know what happened to super bowl aspirations given you know the what happened last season and the construct of the team going into this year i totally agree uh the expectations for this season were that they would be one of the best teams in the conference and compete for a super bowl through three weeks i can't set my expectations there anymore because the offense just doesn't look dynamic enough for them to truly be a super bowl contender but uh it's not all doom and gloom like i think that you know they they are still a pretty good team and what it's going to come down to defensively can they all stay healthy can they continue making plays we saw Keem hicks get hurt in this game on offense we saw taylor gabriel get hurt uh, we also saw Leonard Floyd come out for a few plays. I believe he returned after his injury. So He did, but wasn't himself after that. So something's going on there. Yeah, so main, main takeaway, uh, Bears not like an overly impressive game, but they did win easily. Uh, so pr- pretty, good, pretty good win for the Bears, all things considered. Um, yeah, we mentioned Khalil Mack. He was definitely one of the big bright spots of this game. Uh, that first half, Absolute dominant. I think he forced three fumbles. One of them, I believe, was taken away because one of the one of the issues. If we're going to talk about the defense, if there was any issue with the game besides them being kind of soft coverage, kind of definitely like preventing up in the second half, they did have a lot of penalties uh, early in the game. They had, I feel like, their defense had like three or four penalties on that one drive, and then I think the Redskins missed a field goal. Again, there was one play where Mac forced a fumble. Uh, it was called back for a penalty, but Mac had, I think, he had two sacks in this game. I think he had two forced fumbles. Uh, just a really strong game in the first half. Again, the, I, I'm not really sure what was going on in that second half. Like I said, I feel like they were totally just took the foot off foot off the gas pedal. I think Zach, you mentioned that this was kind of an issue last year where they they kind of they they kind of get into a lead. They kind of go into a shell. The pressure kind of stops. Like they it almost came back to bite them again. They got that last turnover, that fifth that uh, fifth turnover, that fumble on that fourth and one. I'd. I'm really, I'm not really sure what to make of it because again the the Redskins end up with like over 400 yards of offense. Keenum's overall numbers looked okay at 330 yards because again the Bears were playing soft coverage. I, I I'm I feel like in that I'm not even sure if the Bears were playing Mac and Floyd came out of the game as well. I feel like they were play, they were kind of playing backups for a while on some of those drives. I'm not really sure, but overall. That in that first half, Mac was really dominant. The defense in general was flying all, all over the field. You mentioned how Clinton Dix had two interceptions. That was really nice to see. Uh, I believe Kyle Fuller had the other interception of Case Keenum on a really nice play. So that was good to see. 
Uh, again, though, just yeah, like you, when you talk about them, Zach, you mentioned like, are they actually a Super Bowl contender? Like, I it's it's tough after three games. They have not been that impressive. Obviously, that Packers game, the defense looked great, but the offense was atrocious. That Broncos game, they really should not have won. I mean, honestly, the Bears should probably be one and two right now after this game. Um, I guess I just what do you? I mean, obviously, the offense has been a big problem. And I think one another, we haven't really mentioned this yet. I feel like the offensive line has really not been very impressive. Like, the, when you look at if you in the pass protection, it was okay. I think it was okay today. Mitch did have pretty solid numbers overall. And I think after a couple early sacks, the, pre, the offensive line was better in terms of pass protection. The run game kind of finally got on course. And that, like, that last drive, David Montgomery finally broke a 25-yard run. They finally started getting a little running game there. But for most of the game, there was really nothing going on in the running game. So I feel like the offensive line hasn't been very good. Obviously, Mitch has his own uh, accuracy problems. Just like, I guess, like, what, Zach, like, what do, What are your just expectations for the offense at this point? Like, next week we got the Vikings. That's going to be a really tough game. Like, do you really think this offense is going to turn around enough where they're going to be a, a contender or not? Well, okay, so it's week three of the regular season and nobody plays yeah. in the preseason anymore. So everything is a yeah. qualifier, right? Everything you see on the field is can be qualified one way or another, and it just depends on, you know, <laughs> you could be uh, left wing or right wing about this stuff, right? Like you can be a believer in what's going on in the field, or you can say, no, 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 that's just about the Redskins not being able to scheme it up or their lack of personnel or their injuries or whatever it might be. For me personally, like I can show you or I could point to pluses and minuses all over the field. The Bears' run game is a mess, and you know they're going through the, – the personnel is the same, but they're going through a massive shift of ha- having Whitehair move to the guard and Daniels move to center, and I think that's a little underrated in terms of how it's playing. Also, Kyle Long, uh, a minus so far this season. I don't think you can argue otherwise. He hasn't been very good, and again, he's the kind of guy that needs to be that road grader on uh, in the run game. Yes, pass protection has been – I would say more than passable, obviously not against the Packers, but they've shown themselves to be pretty dynamic in the front seven. But, um, you know, in terms of the run game, like Bobby Massey is a, is a finesse pass, you know, pass protect kind of guy. Charles Leno isn't going to give you a huge push. I'm looking to Whitehair. I'm looking to Daniels. I'm looking to long for the run game. And up to this point, they haven't been up to the task. Now, like you said, uh, they did get on track a little bit late in the game, but I can qualify that. I can say the Bears are up huge. They've been running downhill. The defense has been on, on the field for for what seems like forever. So while it's good to see, you know, it would be a lot more inexplicable if they got nothing. It's not the same as, hey, it's our first series of the game. We're on the road, and we were able to find positive yardage because it just wasn't there. It was really up to Mitch, and thank God he was up to the task in, like, his second and third drives to, to complete a few passes down the field. Yeah, let's talk about Mitch for a minute because we have to. Uh, I, I think we can. I mean, this was a, a pretty good game, at least by the numbers. Uh, you just never really gain any sense of confidence in him, and I think that's because uh, whether Nagy's not calling pass patterns down the field or Mitch just isn't able to read the field, uh, he just hasn't been you know getting those big gainers that you need to really trust the offense to ever come back from a deficit or to ever put points on the board when someone's scoring against him. I would love to see the all twenty two film oh from this God, game yes. and from uh, you know the first two weeks because Has any quarterback ever made you want to watch the all twenty two as much as Mitch does, <laughs> right? 
point. It's a great point because it's like, is he not hitting throws down the field because he's unable to, you know, go past his first option and actually read the field, go through his progression of reads? Is it because Negi's calling it super conservatively? Is he missing guys that are open when he is checking down? I think what we can say right now about Mitch is that until he proves he can beat a defense with a vertical passing game, uh, teams are just going to, you know, stuff the box, move the safeties up, and the Bears are essentially going to be throwing the ball on five-yard pass patterns. Uh, and, you know, Mitch did complete some of those, and certainly he's got some fast receivers, especially with Gabriel. Uh, I think, you know, Miller is the type of guy who should be able to get you some yards after the catch. But to me, Mitch is at his best in exactly that broken play he had today when he doesn't have to read the field when there's a little pressure the pocket collapses essentially the read makes itself uh there's one guy out there if he's got single coverage i think mitch is capable of throwing a decent ball his biggest problem to me is going through his progression of reads uh and until he gets the mental side of the game really locked down i think that ultimately it's going to be a check down offense and there's going to be a lot of second guessing I think he's got two things going on. He has that, but there's also the correct read bad throw, and I think that's a much more frequent occurrence at this point uh, of his career. There were three uh, just downfield misses in uh, in the first quarter as he was trying to get on track, and thank God for the Redskins. Thank God for uh, their defensive penalties, for their you know lack of scheme awareness, for their gap coverage, because they allowed the Bears to move down the field, and whenever there was a mistake by Mitch, and again, three big misses, they just oh, allowed for the conversion anyway. Second and 10, no problem. Here's a first down. There were a number of instances where a Bears drive should have and would have died elsewhere. There's also a play, I didn't write down the time, but like there's a play in the fourth quarter when the Bears are having their lead threatened a little bit, and they have two runs. They've got like third and six. Mitch drops back for a pass, and he has all day. He's scanning the field, and he throws a ball that goes out the left sideline out of bounds to, I believe it was Taylor Gabriel. I can't confirm that, but I believe it was. And uh, it was out of bounds, and he was double covered, which leads me to believe he had all the time in the world, clean pocket, looking left, looking down the field. I want to see that all 22 because I guarantee you Anthony Miller has like a zip code to himself. <laughs> and, yeah, and the Anthony Miller thing, I feel like he's been non-existent. And I, I'm not really sure. I, I know he had, the, I feel like he had an injury uh, coming into the year. Uh, I don't know if this is a Mitch thing, if it's Anthony Miller being hurt, if, if just, yeah, just they're just missing him. Uh, yeah, in, in, Just in general, yeah, there were definitely throws that Mitch did missed today and I feel like the game plan clearly was like they they were trying to go more up tempo they were trying to do a lot of short passes um because I feel like the run game was again again it was mostly non-existent until the end they were trying to do short passes and basically in place of the running game to try to get Mitch uh into a bit of a rhythm and we did see him get into a bit of a rhythm in that second quarter but again he did miss some easy passes that guys should make uh like you said you mentioned I, I think I remember the one you were talking about where just like he just completely airmailed the guy out of bounds on a third down just completely ugly we meant that it, the interception was one of the worst throws you'll see so it's again just kind of like a hit or miss thing and just like it is kind of it's it's tough to see because it's obviously just a huge narrative right now with Mitch when you look at when you look at Patrick Mahomes you look at Deshaun Watson these guys are just putting up outrageous numbers every week like it's it's just so hard to just to escape that conversation because I mean they brought it up on the broadcast today and you look at like Pat Mahomes is basically on track to have like one of the best quarterback careers ever. Watson has been awesome in his own right and we have Mitch kind of just like dilly dallying around. We see him missing easy throws. Uh, you mentioned the, the Redskins are terrible, so they definitely helped 
him in this manner. So it's it's still just a clearly a work in progress, and I there's still just so many question marks there. There's some narrative to separate from that. Like Deshaun Watson had a bad week, um, and he's running for his life, but some of that's on him for how much he holds the ball. But Bill O'Brien, the world has decided that Bill O'Brien gets the blame there, and Watson, whenever he makes a great play, it's all Watson. And I think, you know, largely the opposite is true for Trubisky. A lot of that is his own doing. I will say, and tangentially, this was uh, Nagy's best game plan and best executed game plan in games and games and games. Look, his scheme had been figured out a little bit. The RPO has been taken away. And the way that they fixed that was with Mitch making line calls, him having two plays in his ear as he walked to the line and then making it the call at the line. And that worked like a charm. It was working like crazy in the second quarter. And when they went back to it again in the fourth, and I think like a lot of those choices, especially like once the Bears got untracked and they got some rhythm, dude, everything on the menu looked good for a minute there. So I think he deserves a lot of credit for what he put together and how the team looked. Um, you know, again, certain things weren't working. Mitch would miss a throw or, uh, um, you know, the running game would bog down. But in terms of what was there and what was looked for, uh, there's a lot to really like. I totally agree with you on that. I think that I still get the sense that we're not seeing the full Bears offense. And I think especially in the second half, they're very conservative on both ends of the ball. Similar vibes to the Broncos game where it felt like they were playing not to lose more than playing to win. Some of that is because I think Nagy assumes this team's going to be in the mix for a playoff berth. Whether they get there or not, it's probably going to be pretty tight either way. Um, maybe that's a charitable description for some Bears fans watching the first three games of this year, but if the defense plays up to its capabilities, that's probably a top five unit in the league. That gives you a little bit of margin for error. Offensively, they're not playing with any margin for error, but I still look at Nagy, a disciple of the West Coast offense under Andy Reid. I look at their offensive coordinator, Mark Helfrich, who came from Oregon, uh, typically a program that runs the spread he did when he took over there for chip kelly i think that there's a lot more to this offense that the bears aren't running out because they're playing scared with mitch you wonder does that change later in the year are they saving some stuff up so it doesn't get scouted by other teams do we see the offense open up a little bit more in the second half or zach do you think that's too charitable of a description um yeah yeah, I, I don't know if that's too charitable, but I, I think, again, the real referendum begins next week with the Minnesota Vikings coming to town. All of this, everything that's happened up until now has been the, uh, the preseason. It's been the preseason because they keep them in styrofoam for the first, uh, for the, you know, the games that really, really don't count. And now we are truly reaching the beginning of the regular season. And, um, and we'll see. We'll see what they have in store. And just looking at video from Twitter right now, Akeem Hicks hobbling uh, post-game with a right knee injury. I think I would be surprised if he played next week, and if he does play, he likely won't be at full effectiveness. That's a big injury. You wonder what happens with Gabriel. Uh, last year, the Bears were very healthy, and for them to play up to their potential, even this season, even with diminished expectations, I think you got to hope Hicks gets healthy and that uh, the defense really can be a top five, top three unit in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before let's we can go look ahead to next week after this. Before we do that, let's take a quick word from our sponsors. Few us, few of us on this show use Harry's razors. If you visit their website, you can check out all the different shave sets and face care products. So join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and claim your special offer by going to harrys.com/bluewire. Why try Harry's? Well, Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpaid razors. Overpriced razors. 
Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price at just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with the Harry's trial set. It comes with weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lath lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. So listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know that we sent you to help support the show. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some football. Game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives. Running backs racing down the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them, obviously. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sports book. Don't forget, where your betting is just as important as who you're betting on, and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. It's where we play and where you should too. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing, and if you're going to bet this football season, please bet with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings that way. No matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. So join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. So please use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid. All right, guys, we're back on Chicago Shuffle talking about the Bears. They just beat the Washington Redskins 31-15 to on Monday Night Football. Let's, we'll take a look forward. We've talked a bit about they're playing the Vikings next week. Uh, the NFC North in general has kind of looked pretty good so far. The Packers are 3-0. and uh, The Vikings are 2-1. and the, the Lions are 2-0-1. They, they had that tie. So NFC North looking pretty competitive right now. The Vikings, great run game with Dalvin Cook has been amazing. Kirk Cousins is still kind of Kirk Cousins. I think the Bears... Should be able to take advantage of him being just absolute trash against actual real teams. But again, the Vikings have a really good run game. They have a solid defense. Zach, what what do you think? What do you uh, expect out of next week's game against the Vikings? Yeah, I, I think the Bears match up really well against the Vikings, and I don't think the Bears have forgotten that they completely owned them in their own house in Week 17 last year when they had nothing to play for. So I know a lot of people out there are crowning the Vikings. I'm not among them. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Um, he plays right into the Bears' hands. Uh, the Bears give up the deep ball uh, quite a bit in the middle of the field. And I think, you know, we'll talk about the Vikings through this, but I think you you can see where the Bears miss Adrian Amos, which is the deep middle. Um, he would break up that pass. He would be in position to make sure the quarterback didn't throw it. And I think you can see Ha floating a little bit. And so up to this point in the season, I mean, Joe Flacco was carving them up in the deep middle in week two. So I think that's something that, that Bears – watching going forward but as it pertains to Kirk Cousins and the Vikings if the Bears can you know you can't stop them you can only hope to contain Dalvin Cook and I'm upset for the sake of my fantasy team but I really do think if they can limit uh the Vikings success on the ground again they're going to be at home the annoying air raid siren will be out uh if the Bears don't beat themselves on offense and put themselves in a bad position I think it's their game to take my main takeaway is that whatever happens, it's going to be a small margin for error. And I think that that's just the reality of the season right now with the offense operating at the level it is. 
We'll see how big of an impact Hicks's injury has. Uh, I thought he was the second best player on the team coming into this season. I thought last year he was one of the better defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen in all the NFL. So, uh, you know, you need your best players on the field if you're going to match up with a team that, like Zach said, many are assuming are going to be a playoff squad this year. Uh, I would like to see the offense get a little more creative. I would like to see them continue to get Mitch in a rhythm, but finally allow him to go for some down-the-field throws. Also, we haven't seen Mitch's running ability too much this year. I think a game against the Vikings division game might be a good time to unleash him a little bit on the move as long as you can do that without getting him hurt. Uh, I think that next week I'm going to be watching this game while nervously hugging a pillow because it's just going to be really tight both ways as long as the Bears defense plays up to their capability. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big game. The Bears obviously lost their first division game against the Packers, and that was a home game. Uh, if they go out and lose against the Vikings as well, get uh, and another and home that's going to be that's going to be tough. That they really can't afford to keep losing early division games like this. You mentioned that Mitch's running game; it really has been non-existent. I'm curious if that is by design. I feel like they probably because some of the stuff he does is kind of just like ad libbing and just pulling it down maybe early too 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 often. Uh, I wonder if they're trying, really trying to drill in his head that to not run. Like unless he really has to, I don't think so, man. Uh, I think they've no? taken away the RPO. They've the, the Bears, the Bears came out with that last year, and it worked really effectively. And that was the pet play when nothing else is working. We're going to hit the RPO. We're going to get three to five yards. That's how it's going to be. And they have ruined that uh, around the league. The scheme, all the scheming shows that um, if you can take away the RPO, the Bears' offense will be stunted, and it's actually quite true. And so. That's where Mitch's runs were coming from. He started breaking the pocket a lot more as the year went along, and I'm hoping to see more of that. But in terms of play design, it's just not really in the playbook right now. Uh, yeah, we definitely have not seen it at all, and I'm, I'm not sure if we're going to see it against the Vikings either. Again, real, hey, here's a random question. Solid defense. Go why, for it. Why are they playing on CBS in the afternoon? Uh, that is a good question. CB was against a division opponent. I feel like that never yeah, was. A NFC- it was. It was always the ABC or not ABC. That was. That was always uh, the AFC yeah. games that would be on CBS. Don't, don't, I don't doesn't, know. I thought CBS was AFC only ish, unless you know a certain one team, you know, one side was playing the other. But that's two NFC teams division game afternoon game on CBS. What's going on? I honestly have no idea. If we're gonna talk about if we want to talk about the broadcasting thing just really quick. What do you guys make of the Monday night broadcast? I I, I was ripping on uh, our guy Booger here a bit because I feel like he just really just had no idea what he was talking about like half the time. He, I feel like he had his talking points and he was really hammering them home. Uh, there was he, tried, he at one point he mentioned that the Bears like don't have a clear cut number one wide receiver. I, saw, I listened to that. Guy, like, I was like, yeah, um, except, um, that's that's the wrongest <laughs> thing you said. Like, like, like Allen Robinson clearly is the Bears number one receiver. Like if you've watched any tape of like the first couple games, he's like the only receiver that's actually done anything, which was really nice. It was nice to see Taylor Gabriel break out today because there have been just nothing besides Allen Robinson in the first couple games. So it was nice to see the Bears get Taylor Gabriel going. Uh, and then later in the game, Booger mentioned, like, the Bears were on the verge of blowing this game. And and Booger's like, oh, you know, like, looks at the Bears. They're, like, they're back to Super Bowl contenders no. while they're, like, on the verge of blowing this game. So, I like, I feel like on Twitter it was kind of going, like, going, just making fun of Booger. I was making fun of Booger. Do you do you like the new Monday broadcast? What, what, what do you guys think of this? Uh, Ricky, you want to go first? 
Uh, I thought that Booger was making some decent observations in terms of the plays he was seeing. He immediately pointed out Trevathan's stop-and-go sack, which I thought was one of the cooler plays I've seen from the Bears in a while. Uh, So I liked that, but then obviously I didn't think he had like a deep understanding of the team. In general, I I personally didn't hate him. I I don't know what you thought, Zach. Um, you know, look, like not having Jason Witten there, I like a crowded booth sucks in the first place. And then having guys <laughs> yes. that don't know how to go about the job makes it all the worse. I'm not a big fan of Testator. That is who it is, right? Testator? Joe, Joe Testator, yeah, I think, right? I, he just yeah. all of a sudden is going to shout as loud as he can. I'm like, I, you, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to do that. It's fine. I'm watching the game. But like, as it pertains to Booger, I, I do feel like when it comes to what's going on in the trenches, he knows exactly what's going on, quick read, really good analysis. But knowing like the big picture of what a team's doing, I almost like heard him reading notes that were like that he had written along with producers at halftime of like the Bears right. Super Bowl defense is back and the offense is really putting it together. Meanwhile, for a quarter, it's been the exact opposite of that. And he's just like <laughs> got to throw out these producer notes. So it's like he's not really reading the field, whereas Romo is just like, you know, that's a terrible comparison. He's the best in the game instantaneously. But he's like, I'm watching this. I'm like relating to it. And here's the big picture all at once. And like, that's the the dream scenario. So no, not a big Booger fan, but just not a big fan of the, the Monday Night Football booth in general. Yeah, uh, it would be nice if we could. I didn't. Wouldn't I? I can't even remember like the old like old school Monday Night Football booths that were actually good. I feel like it's been a while. I feel like the primetime games just in general have been, uh, even with like the good crew, whatever L. Michaels and all and Collins were like the games in general. I think I feel like on these primetime games have been just kind of weird, kind of bad. I mean, obviously early NFL season, kind of weird and kind of bad. It kind of is like I feel like always the name of the game, especially with not teams not doing the whole preseason thing so i don't know just another weird bears game but again we will absolutely take a victory a 60 point victory they covered the spread by i think they were it's ridiculous yeah i know yeah i've this is like our this is like our pessimistic just bulls like fandom coming through here as well and i mean bears fandom as well like i feel like in general i've been pessimistic as a bears fan because they usually don't give us that much to get excited about last year they were obviously great coming into the year we had high expectations at least i did and to come out the first couple weeks and look at how they did like the pessimism is coming back in so the fact that they they still won this game by 16 like there is still plenty of good good here they took advantage they took advantage of a team that absolutely sucks the redskins are awful jay gruden one of those talking points that booger i feel like was hammering home was that jay gruden needs to be fired immediately which is probably true but i feel like just that whole organization is a dumpster fire dan snyder dumpster fire uh their team name is a dumpster fire like they just need to they just need to change everything basically All right, ricky just to, you know to get away from the pessimism of of our like natural states give me three positives to walk away with Three positives. I think the defense is really good, especially when they're playing their best. Uh, You want to go to Mac immediately. I think Mac is a legitimate superstar. He's one of the five or ten best players in the league. Uh, So I think that that's a positive. And then I think that, you know, if you keep things really easy for Trubisky, he can at least be not the worst quarterback in the NFL, which is where (laughs) my mindset has been the last few games. Uh, Overall, I don't have a lot of confidence in the Bears to be more than maybe a nine and seven team if uh, if everything goes well. But, uh, uh, you know, good win, I guess. Give me three positives, Zach. Uh, three positives. Um, the running game came together in the fourth quarter when it needed to, when they needed to salt away the victory, and they started to move the chains. Offensive rhythm looked good. I can always, you know, I can always point out that Trubisky made 
23 awesome throws. 23 awesome throws in that game. I can like you can look at it. It's the right read at the line, drops back, sets his feet, it goes where it's supposed to, the chains move. And I I know that I can't mention those things without saying here's all the things he did wrong, but he's not garbage. And I'm sorry as a Bears fan, that is a real accomplishment. That is a different thing and it's something to grow on. The other part about all this, you know what? Here's my number one positive. This is the exact same year this year that it was last year. The Bears started slow. There was a lot of um, indifference. There was a lot of questioning of what Trubisky was. The only difference was that it was everything was new, and so everything was forgivable, and give them a, check, a, a second to work it all out. Whereas this year, oh, we're in 202. We got to do this. We got to do that. It's going to be a different thing. And so the expectations, both internally and externally, made it a little different. But I actually am buoyed by the fact that they're repeating things that they did last year. And last year turned out really, really great on the whole, you know, not for the playoff game, not for the kicking, but that may in fact be in a better place given what Pinheiro could be and what his confidence level is going into this season. Yeah, we have not mentioned Eddie Pinheiro yet. He barely, he basically couldn't walk. They, uh, he made, I believe it was one of two kicks. He, his first kick, he missed, I think a 44 yarder. And then he made a, I think a, he made a 38 yarder uh, field goal. And he also kicked all the extra points. He basically, like I said, he basically couldn't walk. Like he was like limping out on the field and like kicking the ball and then limping off the field. Uh, but I mean, he obviously he had the great kick to w- to win the game last week against the Broncos, and he was great in general. He if he's hopefully he's not hurt. Like it was, I was kind of surprised they had him take that last kick. It was like I think it was like fourth and two from it was like the twenty yard line with like a few minutes left. I thought they were just gonna go for it, and if they don't get it, like whatever, they're still up thirteen. But they had him go out there and kick it. I guess whatever. I mean, he does look pretty good. And to your point about like Mitch, like we've whatever we've we've criticized Mitch a lot here, I guess. But like if you look at his final numbers. He still was 25 of 31, 231 yards, 7.5 average uh, per attempt, 116.5 QB rating, three touchdowns, one, or, one interception. If you look back at the game, obviously he wasn't the most accurate. He missed some plays, but he didn't make, besides the one awful interception on that fade route, like he didn't make any, like that many just stupid, That's the unforgivable. Throws. That's the one. Yeah, if I he mean, doesn't do that, yeah. we're sitting here saying like, yo, one to build on, this is the game, like, right. I, you know, we, we knew it was in there, and, he, and like, yes, to miss throws, but by and large, a totally positive experience, protected the ball, and then just the air biscuit on the one-yard line to Josh Norman, to Josh Norman, who <laughs> doesn't belong in the league anymore. So it's, like, instantly infuriating to even talk about one throw. It's it's inexplicable. And you know what? That was a good decision to throw that route. He's just got to get the ball up. It's, like, I think it would have been six if he would have just gotten the ball up. If he would have. Oh, Robinson, Robinson beat yeah, him off. He was wide open. Jam, pretty easy. Yeah. And that's the thing with yeah, Mitch. It was, it was a terrible it's, throw. So Mitch, lofted ball from Mitch is a problem. He doesn't have touch on like a, a lofted ball. It's almost it's almost always underthrown. He always thinks it's going to be just over the top, and almost universally it's an underthrown ball. So those are called – I'm calling air biscuits, and uh, he does <laughs> them a lot. I've never seen him throw like a floated ball that's you know supposed to allow guys to run underneath it uh, in the right place. It's something that – you would think he would work on. I'm sure he has. I don't know if it's a footwork thing. I'm sure that, like, you know, the all-22s will will deconstruct it, you know, left, right, and center and tell me what he's doing wrong. But, you know, 
I don't know. I'm going through this quarterback crucible. I've gone through a kicker crucible, and now I'm watching other kickers around the league with the same eyes I did on, like, the Bears kicking. And I'm like, dude, people are missing extra points and field goals left, right, and center. Like, everybody sucks. Everybody's terrible at this. <laughs> All of a sudden, I feel really, really good about what Pinheiro is and what he's gone through. I don't feel that way about Mitch yet, but I do think that, like, quarterbacks miss throws all the time they're wide open all the time we're sitting here micro analyzing mitch because of the one to two horrific inexplicable plays he makes every game not that he misses a few throws here and there and even beyond that though it's like every time he drops back to pass you still get the feeling that it might be a trap door in that <laughs> the wide receiver is you know going to fall out of the earth and it's going to be an obvious pick six so we haven't really gotten over that i think the one way mitch can come at that is just to get the ball in the air 15 20 yards and complete some passes we really have not seen those long down the field strikes where the ball is actually in the air and it's not yards after catch uh like zach said though the offense started slow last year they certainly have a lot of time and i completely agree the biggest difference this year is the burden of expectations uh they they need to get the defense still playing at that championship level like it was last year as long as that happens i mean they're not bad that's for sure i would expect them to be in in the mix for a playoff hunt all year it's just a challenging emotional experience as a fan if you had a girlfriend and 12 times in a row she gave you an awesome hug and kiss on the way out the door and the 13th time she punched you right in the face (laughs) it'd be a really difficult relationship to abide and to explain to your friends and tell you why you're hanging in there the 12 times are great and you don't know when the 13th is coming but you get punched in the face every single time and like that's how i feel about mitch which is this is so great i'm having the most fun out of my face (laughs) yeah uh, it'll be interesting to see how the bears do moving forward against the vikings next week after that, let's finish up here real quick. I guess just off, like right now, do you think the Bears will beat the Vikings? Zach, right now, do you think Ooh. they beat the Vikings next week? Yeah, I got the Bears with a W. It's going to be tight. I'm going to be annoyed. I'll probably sweat a lot, cry some, but yeah, it's a W. I'm going to say they lose. Still don't have a ton of faith, even after the 2-1 and one start, but I think it, it'll, be, it'll be close. I think they're going to win just because Kirk Cousins sucks and fuck him and he's garbage. So like, I think the Bears can get him to do what enough stupid stuff. What do you do to your stuff. family? Where they can, I think he's garbage. He's bad against good teams. So like, he's got a track record of being a bum against good teams. So I think the Bears can pull out a close game thanks to their defense. So I don't know if Mitch is really gonna have that kind of big game uh, next week. But I think the defense will be will do make enough plays. Kirk Cousins won't, and Bears will pull out a close game. At least I hope. We'll see. Uh, I believe we will. I think we will be be back to talk about this next week. Uh, against the Vikings again, they play at a, th- a weird CBS game, uh, three twenty-five on Sunday. Strange game for a for a div- divisional opponent. Bears beat the Redskins thirty-one to fifteen. Do you guys have any any final thoughts on the Bears' victory tonight? Yay! <laughs> hey, Bears win. That's cool. Could yeah. be worse. That is yeah, cool. I- two, they're two and one. It could be worse than two and one. I feel like again, they should probably be one and two. They should not have beaten the Broncos last week. That game they kind of pulled out of their ass. So the fact that they're that they're two and one uh, in this division, which has started pretty strong, I feel like that is pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I think that's pretty much for it for us this week. This has been the Chicago Shuffle, the Chicago Bears podcast. Again, shout out to Blue Wire Pods as always. Uh, and this has been Jason, Ricky, and Zach.
Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get on all on rates as slow as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA.